strategy. Yes. Path, right. Yes. Because the psychopaths, it's, they tend to form relationships that are very um, predatory and then disappear. Because mm -hmm. that way their reputations stay intact as long as they can continue to disappear. So this is uh, Jordan Peterson commenting on uh, how dating apps create so, so, uh, sociopaths, psychopaths. But I'm, I'm interested in what you said before about whether this is actually sort of cultivating psychopathy in young people and young men, where, you know, in the, in the past, you know, typically a psychopath would, would do that on their own. But now with the apps and the technology, removing all of the friction from, you know, breaking up with someone or having to communicate with someone that you no longer want to see them. I think a lot of people who, who ghost others, they're not even thinking in those terms. They're not thinking, I want to maliciously hurt this person, or I don't care about this person. It's just, it's like, it's easy. You know, you press a few buttons on your smartphone and you can move on to the next conquest. Um, and I think a lot of people wouldn't act that way otherwise. Well, the question would be, what happens to you after you do that four or five times? You know, let's say you're not particularly psychopathic to begin with. It's like you, 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 you learn what you practice. <laughs> so Jordan's saying that uh, um, by, you know, ghosting people, what's happening is you're training yourself to be a psychopath. Interesting. Mm. And I would say, look, if, if you're using people continually as a means to an end, and I think sex is probably the most effective way of doing that, then you're establishing a pattern of interaction between you and other people at perhaps the deepest possible level. And so if you do that repeatedly, first of all, you're not, you're certainly not engaging in anything that might be regarded as a, as a meaningful or deep relationship. Quite the contrary, you regard that as excess baggage. That's an impediment to your next conquest, so to speak. So how would that not I mean, it'd be, now you said there was research on Tinder. Has there been research on the relationship between the dark triad and these hyper-successful men? Mm. There actually is a correlation. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I don't have any empirical evidence to support this, but um, just just my, my experience of seeing, uh, you know, who girls tend to choose, right? And who girls complain about on TikTok and all of that type of stuff. Like, and there's so many complaints. But uh, again, to me, it seems that these girls are purposely choosing guys that are like that and then complaining about them when they had other options available. But they don't choose those options. They choose the bad guys, quote unquote. Well, I've seen research on dark triad and Tinder use and, you know, people who are high on dark triad do tend to be more successful, accumulate more partners, uh, specifically whether, you know, this is related to, to gender and whether men are more successful or, or more likely to, to hurt others using these apps. I, I haven't seen anything on that. I have interestingly seen, um, I think this was from Pew, uh, where they uh, broke down the data by education level. And they ask people questions like, have you ever been harassed on this dating app? Have you ever met someone on a dating app who inflicted physical harm on you? Basically, the, the wide variety of negative experiences through using dating apps. And they found that people who are not college graduates were far more likely, the women were far more likely to report negative experiences on the dating apps compared to uh, college educated women. And to me, this is also indicative of this, you know, this sort of social class divide um, another manifestation of the luxury belief of sexual promiscuity where, you know, you... So what is he saying? If you're less educated, you're more likely to be manipulated? I mean, that's obviously true. That's doubtless, right? Um, and again, 
That's why it's even more important for the social norms, for the cultural norms to be, um, like, catered towards positive things, positive outcomes, right? If the social norm is go sleep around, well, obviously, these girls that don't, don't know anything about anything are going to get manipulated and used. That's without a doubt. Um, because people that in general don't know anything about anything are more likely to be manipulated in every field, in every endeavor, right? So that's doubtless. Again, that just makes the case, I think, for better social norms, right? Like, teach girls, get married at 20, get married at 25, don't sleep around, etc., etc. Because if you're if the norm is to sleep around, then it's going to lead to a lot of hardship, a lot of harm, right? Because of this manipulation thing. Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios, here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, please hit the sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe to any tier, any level of support is appreciated. Okay, let's continue with this. You introduce these dating apps, you have no idea what's going to happen or how this is going to warp society and how people are going to interact in romantic relationships. And it's disproportionately harming uh, lower educated, lower income women who are like you're saying, they're probably more likely to meet psychopaths. They're probably perhaps less adept in some ways at screening for certain kinds that's of guys. It. That's the what I'm thing saying. Is, um, well, and especially I, I if they're only single mothers. These... Because, right. Well, yeah, because... yeah. Well, they're a lot more, they're a lot easier to prey upon. I mean, there's. I mean, come on. Like, these girls are choosing Chad and having a kid with him. And then because they're not able to get other guys, right? They just take whoever they can get. So, yes, I can see from that perspective that it might be easier for them to be manipulated by a guy who might be interested in manipulation. But what is the norm, right? Like, uh, I think it would be an interesting question to ask uh, what percentage of the population is going on dates, men and women, to see, like, what's the more common experience? Is the more common experience for women to choose bad men or for men to manipulate? And I think because so few men are dating, it's more common for girls to choose bad men than for... Do you see what I'm saying? Anyway. are a lot more desperate and they've knocked themselves out of the single girl dating market and lowered their market value, so to speak. I hate to speak of it in terms like that, but it's clearly the case because to initiate a relationship with a woman who has a child already is to initiate a relationship that has a lot higher upfront cost. Indeed. The complexity of negotiating the relationship with the child, the additional responsibility that has to be taken on instantly. And none of that's the least bit trivial. So, so, right. so that means, and we know that in general, if you do a triangular Imagine a triangular representation of a social hierarchy on any valued dimension. The people who are at the lowest level are those who are most susceptible to any sort of uh, destructive tendency that Absolutely. comes whistling through. They don't have as much social support. They're a lot closer to abject poverty. They don't have the, the broad social network or the opportunities. Um, so everything affects them disproportionately, including epidemic illnesses. And it's the case throughout the kingdom of life that low status confers vulnerability. Oh, that's why people go for higher status, at least in part. Yeah. Indeed. That's absolutely true. And why women are hypergamous because they want to be saved. 
um, from you know their bad decisions, etc. Why they why they want um, you know a stable, nice guy after they've made all their mistakes in their youth, etc., etc. When they really should not be making those mistakes in the first place. They should prevent the problem, and they should be taught to prevent the problem by good social norms. But anyway, that uh, obviously doesn't happen in 2022. Uh, so right. the the Tinder, I mean. I don't know how widespread Tinder use is. I don't know that much about Tinder, but when I first found Ubiquitous out, now. this is a technology that, well, they certainly named it properly because Tinder starts fires and it's a fire starter and not just sexually. And Indeed. Something like 40%, last I saw something like 40% of people under 30 are using the apps. I would imagine it's probably higher now, uh, especially higher. In, in the wake of COVID. So the, the data that I saw you know, collected, I think in 2019, but after COVID and the pandemic and the lockdown, it'll be higher, um, much higher. There's no other way to meet people. So I'd imagine a lot more people download those apps and we'll see if they uh, wean themselves off or if they're hooked. I mean, these tech companies use very um, manipulative strategies. I talked to an executive, I won't say which dating app this was, but he told Please me that do. some dating apps, <laughs> some dating apps will um, basically what they call, I think they're called seeding, where they'll put fake profiles of very attractive, usually women, right? Because men are, are actually more likely to use dating apps and they're, they're sort of more likely to pay for the uh, premium profiles compared to women who don't have to because they're going to get matches anyway. Um so anyway, the the dating app companies, they'll seed them with fake, attractive women profiles and intentionally match with men who have recently downloaded a new profile, basically newly created one. Of course. Right. And uh, you think that you're successful, but actually you're matching with some some bot, right, Who's who's not real. And the point is, it makes you feel like you're more attractive than you are. So you're, you you feel like you want to stay on the app for the chance of uh, getting laid. But actually, it's all a lie. Oh, no, that's totally believable. That's, uh, yeah, it's doubtless that happens. And the idea here is that if they, if they download the app and they immediately match with an attractive woman, uh, and then they usually have a couple of conversational exchanges like, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? And then that's it. The, uh, the the robot no longer responds to the user. But the reason why this is done is basically to give them a little hit, right? Oh, it gives them, course. it's like drugs. Dopamine. Give a them a little hit. boost and now it's they're It's a major hit. You bet. <laughs> it's a major hit. Yeah, yeah. And so basically they called it uh, chasing the dragon, which is basically a term from, from, from drug usage, right? From heroin. You give them a little hit and then they're going to be chasing that high for the rest of their lives. So, you know, I think that... There's Jesus, so many complexities to this. Indeed. Uh, again, that, that stuff is manipulative. But the, 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 saddest, the saddest part is, is actually the effect it has on society, right? Tinder created to facilitate female hypergamy, which then means that these girls only match with the most attractive men in the population, which means that most men feel like they're not even in the market, which makes them feel like they don't even have a chance, which makes them feel like uh, they should, yeah, and then, and then the only time they ever have a chance is, you know, with women that are 35 plus who've already slept with like 50 plus dudes. And I mean, at that point, what's even the point? That's that's the story. That's that's where we're at right now. All right. Uh let's uh look at this here. Uh another article by Rolo Tomasi. This is A League of Your Own. So again, just look up the rational mail. 
Rolo, I'm newly game-aware red pill guy and I've been meeting girls with more and more success since my conversion. But I can't help the feeling that the really hot girls I want to get with um, are so out of my league. Any suggestions? Okay, so here's Iron Rule of Tomasi number 8. Always let a woman figure out why she won't sleep with you. Never do it for her. An integral part of maintaining the feminine imperative as a societal imperative involves keeping women as the primary bedroom fund selectors. As I've detailed in many prior comments and posts, this means that a woman's bedroom fund strategy necessitates that she be in as optimized a condition as her capacity allows for her to choose from the best males available to satisfy that strategy. This is really the definition of hypergamy, and on an individual level, I believe that only the most plugged in of men don't realize this to some degree of consciousness. However, what I think escapes a lot of men is the complex nature of hypergamy on a social scale. For hypergamy to sustain its dominant position as the default bedroom fund strategy for our society, it's necessary for the feminine imperative to maintain existing, foster new, and normalize complex social conventions that serve it. The scope of these conventions range from an individualized psychological conditioning early on in life to the grand scale of social engineering, womanism, religion, government, etc., One of these social conventions that operates in the spectrum of the personal to the social is the idea of leagues. The fundamental idea that social matching theory details is that all things being equal, an individual will tend to be attracted to and is more likely to pair off with another individual who's of the same level or like degree of physical attractiveness as themselves. In a vacuum, this is the germ for the idea behind leagues. The social convention of leagues mentality is where all things are not equal and used to support the feminine imperative while conveniently still supporting the principle of social matching theory. The latent function of leagues is to encourage men to filter themselves out for women's intimate approval. As social conditions progress and become more complex, so too do men's ability to mimic the personal attributes of providership and security. In other words, lesser men become intelligent enough to circumvent women's existing bedroom fund filters and thus thwart their strategy. These ever-increasing complexities made it hard to identify optimally suitable men from the pretenders, and women being the primary selector needed various social constructs to sort the wheat from the chaff. With each subsequent generation, they couldn't be expected to do all of the detective work on their own, so the feminine imperative enlisted the aid of the men themselves and created self-perpetuated, self-internalized social doctrines for men to comply with in order to exist in a feminine-defined society. The concept of leagues is one of these doctrines. Your self-doubt about your worthiness of a woman's intimacy stems from a preconditioned idea that you're out of a league. The booster club optimist idea that if you think you count, you're right is true. And boundless enthusiasm may overcome some obstacles, but to address the source of the disease, it's more important to ask yourself why you've been taught to think you count. A lot of approach anxiety comes from your own self-impression. Am I smooth, hot, affluent, funny, confident, interesting, decisive, well-dressed enough to earn an HB9's attention? How about an HB6? Our great, danger, our great danger is not that we aim too high and fail, but that we aim too low and succeed. I'm not debating the legitimacy of the evaluative standards of the bedroom fund marketplace. It's a harsh, often cruel reality. What I'm really trying to do is open your eyes as to why you believe you're only meritous of an HB7. Looks count for a lot as this game, affluence, personality, talent, etc. But your self-estimation needs to be accurate, uh, like is it accurate, or are you a voluntary participant in your own self-devaluation, courtesy of the league's mentality the feminine imperative would have you believe? Uh, again, the, the concept is nothing is simultaneously more attractive and scary than a guy who understands his own value. All right, so just check out Roda Tomasi if you want to hear more. Let's go back to the video here. It, yeah, it is. And, and they, yeah, they are uh, creating a lot of, I think, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of frustration 
uh, Wait for, till for the both AI women and people men. get all over that. Literally. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you by can then, imagine you, if, yeah. if you're interacting with someone fake, I mean, that could mm. be tailored to your desire. People, mm. I'd have, all you'd have to do is look at the pictures that someone was looking at, produce a composite that's, a, that's a, an amalgam of those attractive women, let's say, and I mean that the possibility for manipulation is almost infinite. And True. And uh, in the future, probably will happen. Um, I mean, again, this, this stuff is sounding more and more dystopian, right? But again, the marriage rate in 2022 is six out of a thousand. So, like, what more needs to be said? Guys are already disillusioned with the system. Like, tricking them more isn't going to help, right? Like, guys, literally, most guys can't get laid. A lot of guys, like, more guys are virgins than ever before. Guys aren't getting married. Like, and and then the most successful guys are sleeping around like it's, um, you know, like it's Christmas Eve. But it's every day, right? It's a smorgasbord of bedroom fun. Is this what, like, is the plan for society? Like, it's, do you see what I'm saying? It's very destructive, and, and these girls just going on the carousel from guy to guy to guy to guy, destroying themselves, right? And then complaining about it on TikTok. And, but not only complaining, advertising to other women that that's what they should be doing, right? Because, you know, women are herd creatures that go with what the herd is doing. Whatever they decide is, um, you know, good to dress like, that's what they're dressing like. Whatever they decide is good to act like, that's what they act like, etc., so you can't be making these social norms and have a good outcome. It's going to be terrible. You want kind of already is. Dating app, that's too bad because they deserve <laughs> the exposure. But, you know, I, I understand your reticence. That's really unbelievably yeah. appalling and malevolent. Well, I will say that if, if one app is doing it, then that means more than likely they all are. Of course. So it almost doesn't even matter. Uh, they're probably all doing some version of that because that's how they get users. Doubtless. Right. Yeah, so, well, it's not that I mean, clever an idea. You know, it's it's a pretty obvious idea in a very crooked and horrible sort of way. So mm. it's not like it would take a genius to think it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so so this idea of... Oh, and I wanted to go back. So, so this idea of, of um, differently educated women, different social classes, having different experiences on the dating apps. Well, they're also having entirely different experiences in, in the real world too, in terms of their dating and romantic relationships after the erosion of marriage, after the um, yep. sort of deteriorating norms around uh, dating and romance. If, you know, I, I talk to some people from my hometown, for example, uh, and I think about, you know, the kinds of guys who stayed behind, who didn't go off to college, who didn't join the military, who just sort of languished and hung around there. These are not, you know, just to put it bluntly, these are not, uh, it's not Prince Charming. Literally. Right. So the point is, if you as a girl, and actually, this is this is the case for like small town girls, for example, like a very common strategy, a very common thing that these small town girls do is they move to the big city because, again, big city facilitates hypergamy much better than small town. Um, and again, women want guys that are superior. So it's unlikely to find a guy superior in a small town, right? Um, it's very likely to find a guy with no ambition or drive who's not going to leave that small town, right? So there you go. And so when women are dating these men and, and there's no social norms, no, no forces constraining them, many of them act very poorly, um, you know, a lot of alcoholism, a lot of drug use, right, uh, you right. know, verbal and sometimes physical abuse, emotional abuse. 
um, a lot of these guys who sort of are not not so educated. Again, here's here's the there's only one problem that I'm having here, and the problem that I'm having is that I feel as though this conversation is directed towards men being negative mostly. They're not really talking about negative female behaviors. They're talking only about negative male behaviors. Bad stuff that men do. But they're not talking at all about the bad stuff that women do. Like, where is the mention of um, girls literally not seeing 96% of men and disdaining them and actively choosing the guys that hurt them? Where's that? Right? Because it takes two to tango. It's not like, oh, that's the only guy left, so she chose him. Well, no, there's plenty of guys to choose from, but she, even in a small town, right, she's choosing the guys that, like, are the quote-unquote worst, right? Because women are the selectors. So you can't say that there's no choices. No matter where a girl is, even if she's in a small town, she's going to have 10 or 15 choices. So how about she chooses the best man, the man who's not doing illicit substances, the man who's not known to be a cheater, the man that's not known to... But, but girls don't do that. What do they do? They choose the guy that every other girl wants. They choose the guy who's exciting, who's dangerous, who's interesting, who's... Do you see what I'm saying? In the absence of good teachings from a young age, these girls go astray. And they destroy themselves as a result. Don't have a lot of money, not a lot of life prospects. When they get involved with a woman, they don't necessarily treat her very well. Whereas, you know, in the past, I think that there were uh, stronger norms around how you're supposed to treat the opposite. Okay, this Rob guy. Again, sorry, Rob, but I get the feeling, Rob, that you are talking about yourself here. It's not guys, it's... I would treat a woman better. I, the affluent guy, I, the successful guy, would have a better standard of treatment for the girl. I would do better. I'm the nice guy. Can't you see? Sounds a lot like virtue signaling here. Uh, again, girls are attracted to, to, to guys that, you know, are like, look at how good I am. Look at how nice I am. Look at how much I would take care of you. That's just not what they choose. They choose physically attractive, successful dark triad or rich or guys like that they choose the cheaters they choose the scammers they choose the deadbeats and then they complain right and again this is due to hypergamy they choose what all the other girls choose so again they need to be taught from a young age women need to be taught from a young age that you're you can't just give it away to anyone um it's not smart to go with guys that are losers here is how to determine when a guy is good and when a guy is bad. Uh, and there should be serious shaming consequences for choosing a bad man, which there aren't in 2022, but there should be. Sex and how you're supposed to interact with them, date them, what's expected of you and so on. I think with the um, sort of dissolution. Yeah, so he's saying there should be social norms around what men should be taught to do. There already are. Men are taught from a young age. Women are sugar spice and everything nice. Treat her well. Be friends first. There's a million norms, social norms and behaviors that men are taught to do. Um, the problem right now is not men's behavior. The problem right now is women's behavior, women's choices, women's actions. Uh, men, for the most part, are doing it right um, and getting punished for it, uh, whereas women are doing things wrong and getting rewarded, right? And that's fundamentally one of the aspects of 2022, 
culture that's very destructive. Just look at Michaela, Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson's own daughter, for an example. Evolution of expectations has come a lot more trouble for lower income young women. Yeah, hypothetically, the ones that the progressives are trying to do something for are removing these constraints of patriarchal relationships, for example. The question always is, what flows in when you remove the dikes, right? I mean, Indeed. that's another problem, I suppose, in some sense, that's analogous to the, the protection of, of social classes. Many of these institutions that are so casually criticized, we don't know what forces shape Indeed, because they were shaped so long ago, we don't know why it was that those protections were put in. Because again, this patriarchal society stuff has been around for like 5,000 years, right? What was the destructive garbage that was going on before that forced those uh, implementations? And I, I think I know. I, I think what it was is unchained hypergamy leads to absolute chaos and garbage for society. And so the rules have to be changed. That's literally where we're going right now. That's that's what I think anyway. Okay, on to the Reddit post. This is in relationship advice. It was posted, what, nine hours ago. GF said, one of my friends have BDE. I think you know what it means. Big rocket energy. So my GF and I have been dating for nine months now. I trust she's loyal and would never cheat on me. But she made an uncomfortable comment to me with a friend. And she said that one of my friends exuded big rocket energy because he's quiet and stoic. She wouldn't be surprised if he was packing. It didn't seem like a super serious comment and I just brushed it off. But it is bothering me a bit. And I don't know how to feel. I'm not insecure when being compared to my friend as I'm pretty confident about myself and my size. But it feels disrespectful. Ah, uh, yeah, it's extremely disrespectful. Your girl should never have anything but good things to say about, about you. And if she's saying stuff like that, she's directly disrespecting you to your face. 321 upvotes. Normally, I'd say that big rocket energy doesn't have anything to do with an actual, um, you know, since it's about confidence. Hell, I've heard people say big rocket energy when talking about girls. But the fact she followed it up with what is clearly a reference to his actual, you know, is very weird and seems incredibly inappropriate. I agree. This... Having big rocket energy doesn't refer to that. It's about how confident he comes across. The kind of confidence that having that gives you. You're right, though. She was definitely talking about him in a bedroom fun sense. Exactly. And that's the problem. She's in front of your face, referencing herself, thinking about another... Do you see what I'm saying? She's thinking about another man in front of your face. That is straight disrespect. That would be an immediate argument for me. Um, if, if not an end of the relationship. You don't owe these girls anything. If they're going to treat you this disrespectfully, you don't have to stay around and be treated like garbage. All right, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit the sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me further, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe to any tier. Any level of support is appreciated. Thank you so much, especially if you took the time out of your busy day to listen to the end of the video. I do appreciate it. And I will see you next time. You guys are wonderful.